Today, we will take a deep dive into the top 10 mistakes people make when they're planning for their retirement. An advisory firm just released a survey of advisors to find out what the advisors see as the most common mistakes that people make, and we'll offer some tips to avoid these very mistakes. Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade. Welcome. It is so great to have you along and joining in the conversation. Fred Sade is holding court again here on the podcast, <laughs> Money Matters USA. I like that, holding court. You're, yeah. you're a, uh, you want to say class is in session, but it's really, sure. it's not like a class. It's really a conversation yeah. that we have, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, yeah, it's, it's about great retirement. To be here. It's great to have you, Fred. Fred is a uh, is the founder and managing director of the firm of the same name as the podcast Money Matters USA, a fiduciary uh, in the financial services industry for many years, and holds a PhD in economics from Duke University. Knows his stuff about retirement planning. I mean, that's that's his focus, his area of focus. Uh, as you mentioned, Fred, we're going to look at some mistakes to certainly avoid in retirement planning and maybe some wrong thinking we may have. So we're going to just kind of run through this list here of 10. Uh, first one here is underestimating the impact of inflation. And if you say, well, it's not always going to be this high. However, it's always going to be there. Right. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't right. go away. Go- government requires that there be... Uh, inflation. And so when you're uh, looking at what your returns are, you have to take the return that you get, subtract inflation from it, and that is going to give you the real return. And it's the real return that uh, creates your your spending power. And over time, uh, money will lose value, and you will need additional money, additional dollars, additional income uh, to make up for lost purchasing power, which occurs over time. And, and that's just the reality. So for the moment, uh, inflation is kind of baked into the cake, and um We'll have to see. Uh, you know, the Federal Reserve may very well be happy with three, three and a half, four, even four percent inflation uh, for the mm. time being. Uh, it seems a bit of a stretch to think that they're going to get to two percent inflation, which is their which is their target. But mm-hmm. in any case, it's still even at two percent, it's still inflation. Yeah. So you you have to deal with that. Yeah, it sure is. And yeah, this this is a bizarre sounding term, but it is it it, it it's true, longevity risk. So with the good of the fact that we're living longer comes the added risk. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, there, there, the days where you retired at 65 and you lived seven years and you died between or eight or nine, but somewhere between 70 and 74, those days are, are largely over. So you have to now consider that you could live 20, 30, even 40 years. And um, the people always, always underestimate their longevity mm -hmm. and couples even uh, underestimate their uh, joint longevity uh, even more. So when you're planning, you, you can't, a married couple has to plan as a married couple where one spouse will survive uh, the, the other. And uh, right now, the uh, differential between uh, male and female is about two and a half years. So at age 65, there's a 50% chance that one of the other is going to get to 90 and a one-third chance that one of them will get to 94, 95. So that's a totally different ballgame. And so you have to plan for, for longevity. Well, you certainly do. I mean, it is a good thing, but um, plan for it, and definitely we need to take good care of ourselves so we can have quality of life as well. Um, what is overestimating investment income? Is it that we're using that it, we have to be mindful of using rules of thumb? That it's still a, a, a custom thing we need to look at. The approach you yeah. take is. Yeah, we are absolutely. I mean, we we no matter what happens, the the concept of the four percent rule uh, is pretty well uh, ingrained. But but people don't really understand the four percent rule. People have people do have these rules of thought. Oh, I got to have a million bucks. I, I I my portfolio can't fall below a million on my four hundred one k because I just got to have a million bucks. Can't do it on less than that. Well, you don't really know that and then then uh, we've got the the four percent rule but but you have to understand the four percent rule which people do not and that is yeah in the first year it is four percent plus the rate of inflation in subsequent years it is the rate of inflation plus we don't know so if inflation falls it it might it might be you know three percent it might be 2%. That 4% is, is not in stone. But even if it were, it still has to be adjusted for the, for the rate of, of inflation. And the other thing that you have to consider is it's a 30-year payout. So if you live 31 years, 32 years, or 35 years, you ran out of money if you're using that approach. And again, it's a 50-50 approach. Uh, of uh, of equities and then bonds and uh, and, and treasuries, uh, the the reality is that there are other ways of of doing this and, and typically uh, flooring, uh, having a floor approach where we use guaranteed income such as an annuity uh, or annuities, or we're using uh, bucketing through through the, what's called time segmentation where you have money. Uh, available uh, for, in different durations for different periods of uh, of time, but these are all alternatives uh, to the uh, to the four uh, percent uh, rule, and you have to look at uh, alternatives because you you can't just assume that there's there's one uh, panacea theory that's out there. But I think you have to understand what the differences are and 
you have to understand the four percent, what this four percent rule actually uh, is saying, and and not the way it's popularly uh, and frequently uh, portrayed. Right, and and that's uh, of course where Fred can help you. Just to mention that if you're listening to the podcast, it means that you can connect with Fred. You may be near Fred or you may not be, but then technology allows for a virtual meeting. But Fred can be reached with a call to 800-593-8188, 800-593-8188. Well, how can you be too conservative, though, in your investments? I know you need to watch your risk and even adjust or your risk as you get older, but how can you be too conservative? Well, because people are look at uh, savings rates they look at treasuries. They look at stuff that uh, has uh, n- no significant uh, amount of, uh, of of risk. But that means that you're falling. You're going to fall behind. Uh, you know, it's it's safe, but with inflation, even at you know a, a more nominal uh, rate, uh, you're still going to fall uh, behind. And, uh, you know, people tend to be loss adverse. They're, they're more worried about losses and value and uh, losses more than they value uh, gains. But nevertheless, there, there needs to be some component uh, of, of risk so that uh, you, you have at least uh, the possibility uh, of having some additional growth that you wouldn't get uh, by a very conservative uh, fixed approach. When you go through with the client with, um, or I guess you could say projections of their returns, how conservative though are you in that forecast? Well, I trying to beat the S and P consistently is extremely <laughs> difficult. I mean, if, if you look at portfolio uh, managers, you're, you're going to find that beating the S&P uh, is difficult. And so many of them wind up uh, just closet indexing, just trying to match the, the S&P. Forget about trying to, uh, trying to beat it. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, people have unrealistic expectations. Of, uh, of what the return uh, should be. I mean, even under the best of circumstances, the S&P is about a 6.75% uh, return, and uh, a 60-40 portfolio is going to give you less than a 5% uh, return. So, you know, if you have a 17-18 or even 7-8-9% uh, expectation, you're, <laughs> I mean, you're you're above, you're above. Now, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you can't have, you know, some huge uh, blowout year where where you have uh, some extraordinary gains for, you know, off and on for a few years. But once you start averaging them geometrically, you'll see that that trying to beat the S and P is is pretty pretty difficult. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, you have to be very realistic uh, about your gains. And then if you're in retirement, retirement is all about income. And it's about converting assets to income and not running out of out of income with, with some growth in assets, but primarily being income driven. And, and that's really where you have to have your uh, your focus. Well, in, in looking at mistakes to avoid, 
I think no one would be surprised that we could face rising health care costs as we get older. How do we protect ourselves, though? It's a very good. That is a very good question. Me- Medicare does a, you know, an okay job, but, but it's not going to pay. Yeah, right. Not everything. Right. Yeah, it's not going to pay a hundred percent of your bills. So you you need to have uh, a reserve fund uh, to uh, to to cover uh, to cover expenses that are not going to be. Uh, covered uh, and and it's not just uh, uncompensated uh, care, uh, but you're also going to have deductibles and and, and co-insurance. Uh, you're going to have some co-pays that you're going to have to, you know, deal with. And um, uh, you know, if you turn to government and say, "Well, government's going to be my solution," that's a challenge be, because of the. Uh, you know, aging of the of the population. So, I mean, government will do what it can, but it, it just cannot solve the entire the entire problem. And and that's some of that has to fall, be pushed back and fall on, you know, on us. And, and we have to be able to deal, uh, you know, with that. Uh, I personally wouldn't want to be in a situation like the British healthcare uh, system. And I know someone who, uh, uh, who uh, was recently hospitalized uh, in the, uh, in the UK and uh, he's in the hospital for about a month and finally got stabilized. Uh, they didn't have a lot of equipment. They didn't have a lot of the medications. He needed some physical therapy. It was, uh, it was very hard to get any kind of physical therapy. Um, it was dirty. He was in a ward room. Uh, mm. It was dirty. It smelled. Very happy to come back to the States. Mm. And, and then he was went to a university center uh, in New York, and he was in this hospital for a month, and it was a difference between night and day. Uh, and he's he's doing very well now, uh, but uh, but but that's the difference between uh, the Amer- American care, where he had access to medications, physical therapy, uh, rehabilitative therapy, uh, medication hooked up on the equipment, and so on and so forth. I mean, he got he got uh, you know first class uh, treatment. He's on he's on uh, Medicare. He had some out of pocket payments, but. Uh, Notwithstanding that fact, uh, it was the difference between night and day. And, and that's just a factor that, uh, I mean, there's a limit to what government can afford to do. Well, true. Is it, in the UK, um, it's universal, so there's no such thing as entity as a Medicare then, is it? Or, or well, is it no, is something different can, for a certain age? Or how does that No, work? you can opt out. You can opt out and buy private insurance. Oh, you can do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, effectively, what would amount to Part B? I got uh, you. Okay. Uh, so you can you can pay for you can buy insurance for your doctor and that sort of thing. I mean, you can get better better care, but you have to be able to pay uh, for it. Uh, I never thought about that. So, like, what a sixty-five-year-old here has the has access to at least some relief from premiums. <laughs> uh, but it really doesn't, yeah. it's not it differentiated by age there. Is that, I just, I'm curious. I didn't, I yeah, never it is. thought about uh, that. It is. Uh, they, it is. Yeah, they, yeah, because, you know, you, you're still going with the World War, post-World War II, you know, establishment. 
of their national health service. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, uh, yeah, but they have also you know the same considerations. Of, you know, disabled uh, uh, on welfare, uh, unable to work, and so on and so forth. A lot of these mistakes, uh, they seem to fall on just really not totally understanding, and that's through no fault of of lay people. When I'm I'm among those, um, it's not what we do. But and and certainly, if you're if you don't have a pension, and many in the private sector, of course, don't. Yeah, we know that. But how when you first meet with someone, how much understanding do they know of the need or the even the ability to create a personal pension? Somewhat. Uh, you know, they don't, uh, depending on their age, uh, they, 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 they have a lot of questions around social security. If they're, if they're in their fifties, it's, will it be there for me? And what's, what might it look like if they're older and closer to retirement, uh, they, you know, then you have to talk with them about, uh, putting them through a, uh, a, a quality social security program in order to look at the uh, opportunities that they may have in the different scenarios that need to be uh, played out. It's important that you maximize uh, Social Security, not only for its income base, but also because it's still partially tax favored. And so you want you want to maximize the amount of uh, income that you can get. Uh, from Social Security, and you also have to look at joint life expectancies uh, because you want to you want the surviving spouse to, to uh, who's going to lose one of the Social Security, uh, you know, uh, income streams. You you want that surviving spouse to have the maximum amount of income that's that's possible, uh, you know, for them uh, to to have, especially especially that may be their only source of in, of, of income. Uh, at that uh, at at that point, so uh, it, it's really important. Uh, yeah, and you really can't. And this is this is where sometimes and there's a third type of person that comes in. They know everything that there is to know about Social Security. They've uh, they maybe they've they've read something. They've read stuff online. They've used a free calculator, and and they and they they're going to tell you. Uh, what uh, what what they want, and then you know, then they'll fight you uh, about uh, you know about doing an analysis, and then you know they'll sometimes they'll humor you, and, and then you put them through the analysis, and all of a sudden it it, it turns out to be a different uh, picture. And a lot of a lot of them are, are hung up on this idea of break even, and break even is not really relevant uh, for, for couples, you, you, because you, if you're going to use break even, you have to use joint break even and not the individual's break, unless they're single. And if they're yeah. not single, it's not relevant. So, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, social security is, is really the core. And we've already talked about, uh, Medicare and, and the, and, and the cost out of, uh, you know, out of pocket. We talked about longevity, uh, survival rates, if if you will, uh, and it's the other side of that very same coin. So, I mean, those are those are three of the most important, uh, um, you know, uh, considerations. So, you really need to understand Social Security and maximizing it, and also understand that it's it can't be Social Security alone. How much can where you live, the 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 structure that you call home? be be a how can that be a risk for you or something costly 
Well, you know, we, we've had a couple of people in to talk about uh, housing. You know, it, uh, it's kind of anticipating uh, this, uh, th this area uh, here. Uh, w when you buy a house, you are 100% all in on that house. And, and uh, that alters your asset allocation. And people don't think about that, uh, how it impacts their their asset uh, allocation uh, be, because because the real estate in and of itself is a risk asset because uh, you didn't buy an index you you bought that house you're 100 percent in on that house the neighborhood uh, could change uh, and and suddenly what was a nice neighborhood becomes a a lesser uh, neighborhood uh, maybe you want to sell it maybe you don't want to sell it maybe you still like the neighborhood you like the town you you don't you don't want to leave you, you still got to pay to the taxes you have to have the upkeep on the house you, you have to have the homeowners uh, uh, insurance uh, and even if you sell it you still have to live somewhere uh, so you're going to downsize to a to a condo are you going to rent? What are, what are you going to? What are you going to do? You have to live somewhere, and and, uh, and these are this is you know this is an important consideration. And and if you do decide to rent, what are you going to do with with the money that you um, you know that you received uh, for the house? Uh, assuming you've paid off whatever needed to be paid off, and you, you now have some body of money, what are you going to do with it? So that that's that's something you have to decide. Uh, on uh, as well. You know, we had a great conversation on a recent podcast about real estate and a very thorough one with a special guest on the show. I would encourage you to go to the website moneymattersusa.net and I believe uh, you can access there, uh, Fred, the, the full yeah. menu of podcasts there and just choose your topic. But we've had some great guests on recently on the podcast. Yeah. So definitely uh, that's available. If you go to moneymattersusa.net and click the uh, podcast tab, uh, then you can access the uh, all the past podcasts we've done together. Well, finally, in this first segment, um, just like you can be too conservative, you certainly can be too aggressive. Yeah, absolutely. This uh, 2022 was a wild a wild year. Um, <clears throat> the uh, S&P was down about 20%. I mean, normal volatility in the S&P is about 19.85. Uh, um, so it was at 20%, which is uh, correction territory. Um, the, the NASDAQ was down over 30%. This year, uh, the Dow uh, was down less, but still down. Uh, this year, uh, the market is is still uh, volatile. Uh, we we know that there's a disconnect between what Wall Street thinks the Federal Reserve is going to do and what the Federal Reserve says it's going to do in terms of raising uh, interest rates and. Um, we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, we have these uh, uh, these rallies that uh, we have a burst, and then and then the market sells uh, off. A lot of a lot of what you're seeing here is options uh, trading, and and uh, you know you hear a lot of these uh, gurus on on uh, TV talking about you. This is a good thing to buy. Here's where you should hide. Well, you don't know. You know, places to hide may turn out not to be. Uh, such uh, well hidden places, and it may not may not work out. Right. Um, and 
you know, the, the, the market is still fraught with, with risk. So is that, does that mean that you should run for cover? Well, not necessarily, but you, but you need to be careful. Uh, and, and, you know, again, this, this is money well spent uh, on, on an advisor um, uh, who, who can uh, show you what the uh, scenarios are that will impact your uh, portfolios and what uh, can be done uh, to, to take, uh, to de-risk uh, some of what you are uh, doing. Uh, and um, this is a good time to, you know, get a second opinion. People get second opinions, wind up with better outcomes, you know, than people sure. just go with them, go with themselves and 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 just, uh, you know, uh, my gut tell my gut tells me, or who excessively rely on Monte Carlo uh, simulation. That is extremely. Uh, dangerous uh, for, for doing that. Monte Carlo simulations, if you change the variables, you're going to change the, the outcomes. These are all capital market assumptions that you are making change the assumptions, you're going to change the outcomes. So this is very dangerous to be just reliant on, on Monte Carlo simulation. I just realized that I'm kind of outdated in my thinking. I need to update my thinking with technology because I just uh, promoted going to your website to access the podcast, but I'm thinking we're not on the radio. Anyone listening now already has access to the podcast. But, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just mind-blowing because, I mean, I'm old-school radio, and uh, this is this is all new. It's exciting, too, to be a part of it. But it, it is all new. But now if you have access to the podcast, which obviously if you're hearing us now you have scroll through the menu and you can see past podcasts yeah we we did yeah. have uh we did a one on reverse mortgage actually with special guest mark richards uh so that's the december 9th podcast just scroll through the menu you can see that we're going to shift gears a little bit we're going to look at um we're going to fred's going to examine are we better off than our parents and grandparents in retirement that is straight ahead on money matters usa Are you losing sleep over market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? You can't afford to lose a big portion of your nest egg with not enough time to recover. Many people want safety and the guarantee of principle, but also prefer the potential of higher growth with the market. And now you can have both. Call Fred Sade at Money Matters USA at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. We're back with Money Matters USA. And I mentioned the uh, website, moneymattersusa.net. Another great reason to visit that website is so you can click the tab Red Light Program which Fred talks about on the podcast here. Click and learn more about it. And then, of course, you certainly uh, can schedule with Fred. One of the, And if you're not near the area Fred is in, wherever you're listening, you can meet with him. It could be a Zoom call or however to talk about your retirement. He does offer limited, uh, really comprehensive reviews. So, again, that number is 800-593-8188. Is our retirement going to be better? Than our parents or grandparents. I mean, certainly we're living longer. We're going to get into that here in a second. Uh, certainly it falls on us more. 
to plan now. There are more components, more planning necessary, all the more reason to get with a fiduciary retirement specialist like Fred. But there are differences, and we're going to look at those now. Fred, it's amazing. You know, we're not just a graying nation. We are a graying world. Yeah, we certainly, we certainly, we certainly are. Uh, the um, over sixty-five, the over sixty, and the over sixty-five population uh, is a very fast-growing uh, population. Um, probably over a billion people who are over the age of sixty right now. Uh, in the United States, the over sixty-five population is expected to be just about 20% of the country uh, in, uh, in the year 2030, up from about 12.4% in the year 2000. Think of it as 20%, but 20% of the population. And um, the age 80 population is also mm-hmm. uh, growing, uh, 2030 to be about ni- almost uh, 19 and a half million. I mean, it, this is this is a very large and growing segment of the population, which again puts enormous pressure uh, on on government uh, to, uh, to step up and and do what it can. And uh, we have a, I believe, an Agon uh, study where uh, their results show that future retirees believe. About half of them, about fifty percent, believe that their retirement is going to be worse than their parents' uh, retirement. And while they want government to do something about it, particularly Social Security, to do something about it, um, there's a real challenge here. There's a limit to what government uh, will be able. Uh, to do. I mean, because we will be at the point where uh, Social Security will be uh, funded by the payroll tax or will have to be funded uh, by general revenues uh, added to the payroll tax. I'm not sure how much government can actually uh, do considering uh, the needs of an aging uh, population. And the uh, Secure Act 2.0, it, uh, as we discussed uh, last week, uh, the the uh, the Congress has has believes I I think that um, the workplace uh, retirement plans have to form the core uh, of a of a retirement strategy, and they're go- they're doing everything possible to encourage people. Uh, to save uh, on on their own to take some of this pressure uh, off off government. Yeah, you know, um, there just are more people accessing world uh, social security beneficiaries. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but over over time, how much the number of workers to beneficiaries has gone down? What is it now? I think it's something crazy now, like three to one or something. What is it, Fred? Do you know? Uh, Do you have yeah, that in front it, of you? About two and a half, about two and a half to one. Wow, right now. man! That and then we're looking at twenty thirty four, and I think already, uh, if you if you want to make it a generational thing, um, I, my parents were, and I probably yours too, Fred. World War Two generation, yes. uh, and there was just I don't want to say more trust in the government, but my, maybe there was, maybe there was just yeah, a more trusting so. generation. 
And yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I think so. I, I think, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's true. I, I think uh, uh, people have lost uh, trust, lost faith uh, in in government. I think that's, I yeah. think that's it, true. And and then we're looking at what they should be probably doing now uh, to, for these challenges Social Security will face in 2034, but kind of knowing that the can will be kicked down the road a little longer on that and wondering, just not knowing, you know, that not knowing <laughs> is yeah. a bad position to be in. And we can't possibly know yet what they will do to shore up Social Security. So I can understand that that way it is certainly different from our parents, especially maybe more so our parents and our grandparents. Um, another thing that's changing, Fred, you can speak to this. Uh, in your years of working with people is uh, some shifts in how they retire and when they retire. Some are choosing phased retirement or, or right. even working longer. Right. If uh, Many of them are. Uh, for some, it's, it's an income thing. For some, it's to keep, uh, to keep busy, to keep mentally uh, alert, uh, something, something to do. It doesn't it's not always on. It's sometimes for some people it's full time. For others, it's it's part time, um, and um, uh, they want the additional income, you know, to finance their their retirement, and it also helps them on a def- on a social security uh, deferral uh, strategy, and uh, they also want want to sock uh, some money away uh, so that uh, they will you know have it later when. Uh, uh, when, when they when they need it, uh, uh, you know, it, there's um, disagreements all the time. You know, we and we covered some of that in the first segment of the podcast about what's the, what's the target number? Is is it a dollar amount? Is it a percentage amount? It's very hard to know. This Agon survey is saying uh, people people are targeting around sixty eight percent. But I, that's not necessarily a good number. I mean, if you want to keep the same living standard and adjust for inflation, you're going to need 100 percent of your pre-retirement income, or, or even even more, because you have to deal with the tax consequences of, of having money in tax-deferred uh, uh, vehicles. Uh, so uh, it, it's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to know. We we try to get tax diversification. Uh, with with clients uh, so that they don't face the situation where 100 percent of their income uh, or close to it is, is coming from tax deferrals. And sometimes that gets us into a disagreement with with their accounting advisors, you know, who who are focused on how do how do I uh, have you pay the least amount of taxes uh, all the all the time. And some of our strategies may require them to pay taxes right now. Uh, in anticipation that tax rates have no place to go but but up. I think that's consistent with the rest of what we are talking about here, and it's certainly consistent with uh, the what the administration has been attempting to do, with chipping away at the Trump uh, Trump tax cuts. So uh, I I you know part of you know part of a of tax strategies is, is always an arbitrage and it's always a guess. Uh, about future uh, tax brackets, but I, th- I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody who would say that uh, taxes are going to go down in the in the future. That's just not consistent with our experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let let's go back to all right. When did 
it was the probably in the eight the decade of the eighties is when we saw four hundred one ks ramp up and pensions yes. start their decline. Um, in that time, and that's you know uh, nineteen eighty three was forty years ago. Um, yeah. Have we become more savvy, or are we kind of status quo in what we need to be doing as the pensions have gone away, especially in the private sector, or are we just contributing to four hundred one ks and really not having a, a grasp of it? I guess that's good for you, good for business. Business, right. <laughs> well, it's uh, probably that's probably true. Uh, there, there's a re, there's academic research by Benozzi and Benozzi and Thaler that show that uh, when you when you uh, have people enroll in 401k plans, l- l- the way they they're doing this right now with the Secure Act 2.0, you you require them uh, and you have them opt out. Well, they don't opt out. But they also don't change their allocation or the or their the amount of money that they are contributing. So I'm not sure that 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 says that uh, that you know that they're savvy uh, in in how to invest. And if if you see how the small investor gets gets creamed uh, in the market, uh, you know that they buy high and and sell low. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally speaking, and I I think that that research is validated repeatedly. So yeah, pe- people people give themselves more investing acumen uh, than than they are entitled to. Now yeah. there are people who you know uh, who who spend most of their day uh, uh, managing uh, portfolios and doing a lot of uh, doing a lot of trading. But you also find that they do a lot of options buying and selling uh, as as well. But uh, you know they're the exception. Uh, so, some of them is uh, uh, because you know we're as a fee-based firm, uh, we can work with these do-it-yourselfers, and, and some of them have, uh, you know, five, six, seven hundred positions, and uh, we can't load, and are not going to load all that into our software. So we will take uh, twenty or thirty or forty positions, where, which which is do, which dominates their portfolio, and we'll look at those. Uh, but but not 600 or 700 or 500, you know, and they're trading, you know, co- constantly during the course of the of the day. But I think on your narrow question, do people know how to invest? I, I think many of them do not, which which is why they're, they're so reliant, you know, on on uh, uh, on on five on uh, S&P 500, you know, ETFs and, and so on. They're just mirroring the ups and downs of the market. And that's dangerous because you really have to cut your you have to cut your losses because recovery takes a long time. And and uh, even from what's going on right now, for some people, um, this is going to be a very, very long recovery. And uh, and and even if um even even if the market recovers in 2024 or 2025 and we get some stability, uh, less volatility than we do now, doesn't mean that that the environment will have less risk than it than it does. It, you know, you, you can't confuse risk with volatility; they are different. So, I, I think your answer to your question is no. I, I think most people do not understand. Uh, how how uh, how to invest, and I also think that uh, if you're trying to time the market, it's a fool's errand 
and you're up against professional investors mm-hmm. and, and institutional investors. And a lot of these guys are trading or these institutions are trading in these dark pools and you have no idea what they're doing. Now, I mean, technically speaking, the, the regulators can find out, but whether they want to or not, it's a different question. And, and I probably should stay away from that issue. Well, then the final uh, thing here to look at and to see how is our um, how is our retirement different from our parents and grandparents? When you look at health care, yes, we're living longer. Yes, health care. You have to say we've seen uh, we've advanced a lot uh, in health care. So is it better or worse? What is it? Well, it's true, you know, that people are living longer, and because they're living longer, there are diseases that they wouldn't have had in the past, and and uh, medicine has made enormous strides uh, in, uh, in in treatment, in medication, in uh, in therapies, in surgery. Uh, but we also know uh, from government statistics that the primary reason that people retire early is health. And they they have they have a health emergency, and uh, and, and they just cannot continue uh, to work. So even though people want to continue uh, to work, and they want to continue to work well into their seventies, if they're able to do that, they may not be able uh, to do that. Not everybody can, even if even if they want to. So health is is a major uh, is a major issue, and uh, dementia. Uh, not, uh, not just Alzheimer's, but dementia in general is, is a very uh, important uh, consideration because th- this, is, this is a disease that has no cure. Uh, it could be ameliorated. It may be retarded uh, for a while, slowed down, uh, but, but it cannot uh, be, be cured. And uh, if you look at the ages of people who are in adult daycare, uh, it's it's very very significant. I mean, by age 83, about 50 percent of that over age 80 population are in adult daycare, and that's that's a frightening statistic. Yeah, now, some a lot of this daycare is uh, adult daycare is free. You know, I mean, or I shouldn't say it's free; it's tax supported uh, uh, by uh, uh, by government and, and uh, government supported NGOs. But there are also for profits. So I, I think you know, as uh, with the with the aging population and healthcare, these are these are real issues. Now, remember, th- this adult daycare. Uh, if if, uh, if you're not, uh, there will be some nominal cost, e- even if it's government provided. It's not necessarily free. Uh, if I said free before, I miss I misspoke. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. This is not. Right. This is not. Uh, yeah. Um, these are not Medicare. Uh, these are not Medicare supported. So the, these NGOs need to fundraise. They they do get some government support, uh, but um, they're also private ones, and and th- those those are those are private pay. Uh, so if you have long term care, you may you 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 may have a benefit. Uh, for uh, adult daycare, uh, and some of that is also under the under rub- uh, under uh, respite uh, care because uh, it, it does help your primary caregiver uh, a, a few hours a day, uh, and, uh, and and it's good. There is social interaction uh, for people who do have uh, cognitive uh, cognitive uh, positive cognitive moments during the course of the day. 
Well, so it's, yeah. it's we are living longer, and if we're of good health, then it could be a long, uh, happy, uh, fulfilled retirement if planned properly. And, and that's what this podcast demonstrates, the need to work with a professional, in Fred's case, a fiduciary who specializes in retirement planning, just to make sure you've got the, the proper infrastructure, if you will, of your retirement. So again, to reach Fred, 800-593-8188, 800-593-8188. And the website, again, is moneymattersusa.net. Just uh, real quick in closing here, Fred, I know you like numbers. I was uh, just pulled up looking at Social Security again. I went to ssa.gov. And I guess Mm -hmm. this total number, uh, it's a comparison of 1970 to 2022. Yeah, that's where it stops. And Mm -hmm. I guess they're counting in retired workers, independents, survivors, and disabled workers, independents. And the total... Uh, was twenty five million seven hundred thousand in nineteen seventy, mm. and now it's sixty five million nine hundred ninety four thousand in twenty twenty two. The population of the U.S. in nineteen seventy was two hundred three million, and now it's three hundred thirty four million. So you've seen not a not a fifty percent increase in population but definitely over 50% increase in who's on Social Security. And I think you would say, too, there's a higher percentage of that 334 million now uh, who are older. We talked about it being a graying nation. It's certainly a challenge there for Social Security. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no, that's okay. COVID, the COVID cough. <laughs> I know, and I'm so glad you're better from that. Uh, well, so, yeah, I we don't know what they're going to do, but I hope that it's at least some way if they raise the full retirement age that they will stagger it like they did from 65 to 67. I'm still amazed that, uh, that it's only gone up two years. In how many years? Since 1935 or so? Yeah. That, yeah, it's only gone yeah. up two years. Yeah, no, it, it's it's very very stable. I mean, the um, I mean, it's a real challenge. I mean, politicians can't <coughs> excuse me go back to their district and say, "This is what I did for you. I got Social Security." <laughs> not going to happen, right? I mean, they're not going to do that. But they no. probably are going to kick that can a little longer, don't you think? Yeah, I I think so. You know, I, I read an article recently uh, about. All um, of the plans that are floating, <coughs> wow, floating out there, yeah, uh, in in Congress, and um, some people thought that they would they would shove it into the Secure Act 2.0, but they decided that this that you know there was there was enough shoved into it, uh, you know, between ninety and hundred um, provisions. Right. Ooh, that that, oh that would have been huge. I, I don't know that you know. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to try to speak for them, but it's still a little bit of time left. I don't know that they'd want to jump on that hot button issue so soon. And I, I know I keep. Yeah, you know that's it's a good point because I keep on looking at the uh, uh, Boston College's uh, Center for Retirement Research, and. Um, they do a very good job of, of covering Social Security. And I have not seen anything there that uh, gives us a good idea uh, of, uh, of the ideas that are, that are floating around. 
uh, in in Congress, uh, and, and the ones that they talk about are the ones that have been, you know, you know, discussed all the, yeah. you know, all the time. Payroll tax uh, increases, increasing the retirement age. I mean, it's it, n- none of that. Um, the possibility that 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 it will be able or raising that will, ceiling will of funds. Yeah, I mean, it, nothing, nothing, nothing extraordinary there. So I I don't know what they're going to do. My concern is that the longer they wait. Uh, then the easiest thing to do is jack the payroll rate. So uh, I don't, um, you know, I, I don't know what they're, I have no idea. What Might be a little are. bit of everything, because I've heard about raising what's subject to payroll tax, that amount that's currently like what, yeah. 140 yeah. a year or something like that. Take, yeah, take, Going take up the cap on that. off it. Yeah. Uh, my, the only thing that I, I do not like the idea uh, of uh, saying that if you make over a certain amount of money, you you you'll pay the tax, but you won't participate. Well, no, in because Security. they paid into it. As yeah, we paid I, I, into this. Absolutely, I I I think that that would be a tough pill. Uh, I, yes, I, it I, would. Don't, I I don't see that uh, as uh, you know as being able to survive. Uh, uh, Can't even, imagine. Well, you know, you know, there are a lot of uh, other variations uh, in in other countries on Social Security, and none of their variations, you know, necessarily work. They're they're, they're usually combined with uh, defined benefit uh, pension plus Social Security. Uh, in the French system, you can you can pay a lump sum in and buy up to a higher benefit. Uh, now, none of these uh, n- none of these strategies actually uh, help you know help people have a uh, uh, a, a comfortable uh, retirement. I, I just don't uh, you know I look at Japan because they have an aging population, so Major, I, I think yeah. they're the headwaters, uh, and and um, they've had they've asked people in their eighties to go back to work mm. and and, re, and contribute back into Social Security. They probably right? need the workers. Are they really? They're aging more than we are, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They yeah, have, they have an yeah, they do. They they're a very aging uh, population uh, in in Japan, and, uh, and, and so I. I, I don't know what the what the ultimate solution or solutions will will be, uh, but if you're going to throw it onto the 401k uh, and, and say that's that's going to solve that problems, it's not be, because we we have that down and dirty study that was done by the CBO uh, for the. Um, uh, for the uh, Democrat majority in the House and uh, uh, under Pelosi, and 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 they use the Canadian and the Australian system, and their systems are different, and they don't work either. They have their own retirement crises. So I mean, this is I think a population uh, issue, and I think uh, there just isn't enough money yeah. uh, out there unless you debase the currency, and, and that certainly is another option. Wow! Wow! Well, I know you're going to keep an eye on it, and we yeah. certainly will. We'll be talking about it, and we've probably got a little time here. <laughs> because... no, I think, well, I think we, yeah, I think, I think we do, uh, but I, I think it's a good idea for people to it'll probably you know, be... stay informed on this. Yes, and to definitely. Query, query your congressman. Query your senator. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, hold their feet to the fire. Absolutely. I, absolutely. Amen. Right on that one. 
Well, uh, Fred, enjoyed as always. Uh, thank you. As we talked about earlier, if you're listening, you found us. Stay with us on the podcast, Money Matters USA. Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell in any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.